welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so grateful that you're here, and thank you so much for all your feedback, your reviews, and yeah, I really appreciate hearing from you, so you can always connect with me on Instagram. And I'm so excited to share this week's episode because it's such an important topic. Uh, We're talking about yoga as healing, and especially healing eating disorders. I'm talking with a friend of mine, Amanda Holmström, who's a yoga teacher. She's been teaching uh, classes all over the world and workshops, and she's also facilitating her own yoga teacher training, which she also talks about. And she's a Reiki master, a Theta practitioner, and a wellness developer. And she has truly served others on her journey. Um, she she has her own experience with eating disorder, and she helped herself through different tools, and one of them was yoga. So she really works with yoga as healing, uh, and this can be on a physical, emotional, mental, and energetic level. So we talk about this, and what eating disorders are and why they arise, as well as how self-love is an important uh, component of healing. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, I really appreciate all the reviews and um, ratings that have been coming in. It really helps the podcast grow, and I always do a oracle card reading for those who have left the review so i hope you enjoy this episode and let me know what you think hi amanda welcome to the podcast hi shireen thank you so much for having me i'm so grateful that you're here and i want to ask you how you stay mindful and present Okay, so um, the first thing that comes to mind is daily practice, which on the other hand, it looks different day to day. And I think that is something that actually does help me to stay mindful Mm -hmm. and present with daily check-ins, you know, like what is it that I need today? And how does that shift day to day? And um, season to season and, and all these things. So, so tuning in, checking in and, uh, yeah, filling those needs with practice, but mm. seeing how that differs. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, so we've known yeah. each other for a couple of years. We met in Thailand and you were my teacher when I did my yoga teacher training. So, yeah, that's beautiful memories. Yeah. And I was so 
uh, yes, yeah, so blessed and grateful to have you as my teacher. And I just love everything that you do. And I came to your retreat in Spain as well. You've just been traveling all over the world. So I want to actually start by maybe you letting the listeners know who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for those words, by the way. Um, it's an honor from my side too. And yeah, so my name is Amanda and I have been teaching yoga for, yeah, quite some years now since 2014. And uh, when I um, got my certificate in yoga, I kind of started teaching straight away. And it's something that just changed my life in in so many ways uh teaching as well but but yoga and the practice and I've been traveling quite a lot teaching um teach mm. teaching teachers but also I love doing retreats workshops courses um in different themes and I'm just continuing to be inspired by really what I what I'm learning so even though I often might introduce myself as as a teacher I'm also uh, forever mm -hmm. a student on this path and and learn a lot and right now in the moment I'm uh, in Costa Rica and mm. yeah that's uh, <laughs> a couple Thank of words you so I much. and what got you into yoga Um, it's, uh, it's, a, a very, um, heartfelt topic to me to speak about actually how, how I myself got onto the path of yoga as, uh, when I was 14 years old, I got sick with anorexia, which then led to bulimia and it was kind of, uh, between the two and uh, eating disorders, depression, addiction. And uh, for, for about six years or so, I was, I was pretty sick until I just like hit the wall. And uh, I didn't really see any ways of um, how to move forward from there. And that's when I realized I need real help. And I turned towards an eating disorder clinic where I got admitted and I was there in, in hospital for two years. Um, and, and therapy helped, of course, you know, uh, the importance of, of talking and all these things. But even though there was a lot of digging and talking and therapy, there was something that just mm. wasn't, you know, um, right like things weren't shifting mm. I just felt like I was kind of at some times digging myself deeper into the hole like there there wasn't any answers or anything that was being resolved and and some pieces were for sure missing and I really started to to engage everything that I had into into possibly seeing another way to live than I had been living mm. because I was at that point where yeah. there was no back you know, I, I couldn't go back to anything. And, and I really thought that this is the, you know, if I at any point in my life need to do 100% of something, it's right now. And I need to try to figure out how to possibly find another way of living. 
And I started to read loads of self-help books. And that actually took me into starting to read about yoga. And, and it was through that way that I started to read about mindfulness, yoga, uh, that something, you know, uh, in a curious way started to develop inside of me. Like there is something in these teachings. It was really the philo philosophy aspect of it that, that got me interested. Like there is so much more, you know, to the mind and, and that there could be so much more to life somehow. And then uh, my nurse mm -hmm. actually invited me to go with her to a yoga class. And I had been to a yoga class many, many years ago, and I went there and I thought, oh, this is silly and it was boring and it's not for me and whatever. But like this time when I went with her, it uh, really shifted something in me. And I remember that moment when I was lying then on the mat and there was this tiny moment of silence when my mind and my body were not in war. And that just like opened up that faith really that there could be something, yeah, something other than the way of life in, in that war within myself that I had been experiencing for so long. Uh, so I started to, uh, yeah, engage in these practices that yoga offers. I started to read and learn even more. And that's how, yeah, that's that is so how beautiful. my, my journey started and in a nutshell. It's so powerful that yoga can be, uh, like many people that start practicing yoga are, on their path of healing either emotionally physically um, and it's a beautiful practice mm. because it's so embodied and you get to study yourself in a new way and your thoughts as well so I can see how that was was a good path for you Yeah, absolutely. I agree on that. There is a reason why, why we come to the practice. Um, it might be mm -hmm. physical healing, emotional, mental. There's so many different layers of it. And yoga can offer so much in return. So the more you put into it, the more, yeah, you know, you, you can get back from and the practice, so to you say. You started having, so when you discovered it and started practicing yourself and you saw results um did you how did you so at what point yeah. did you feel like oh now this is something that helped heal me now i'm gonna start teaching it as well or like helping others with it Yeah, I mean, I really started to notice that that it was having many different um, benefits, so to say, or like that the things were starting to happen. And at some point, I started to mm -hmm. have this silent dream about maybe becoming a yoga teacher. Um, but at this point, it was really 
you know, I, I didn't have much faith in myself mm. and, and I was still very like wobbly inside in a way. And I just like started to think about like, what if, you know, and when I say yoga teacher, I really just mean like, what if I could help somebody um, with this knowledge, with these teachings, as it has had such a huge impact on myself. And I was like, if even I can help one other person or like shine a little bit of light on their path through what has helped me, um, mm. that would be, you know, beyond amazing. Um, and, and I started to just like think into this a little bit, like, yeah, what if, what if that could be possible? And, and I remember the first time that I actually had the courage to voice this, it was to my nurse. And I just said, like, you know, what if this could be something that I, I could do in the future? Because I was coming out of this, like, black hole where future didn't exist. And then suddenly I was just, like, having some kind of inspiration of, of what I wanted to do with, you know, at least part of my life. And, uh, and she just, like, instantly 100% encouraged me and... And then I decided that, like, yeah, I, I want to go and do a training. And it was a lot for myself as well, because when I set that goal to do a training, I think it was like in, you know, from the time I set the goal six months ahead, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to eat a meal by myself at that point so I really just like set that goal I know this is something I want to do and I know I need to work in order to be able to get there uh, like I know I really just need to work through all of my fears all of my anxiety and just take responsibility in in a way of of where my life is heading right now and um and yeah so that really helped me as well because I was you know, determined on that of, of what I want with my life. And, and it was a bigger mm. passion than the, the voice of my fears. And um, it started to fuel my attention and energy towards that. And um, yeah, so I, I went and I, I did the training mostly for myself because it was like a milestone in my recovery and in my life. And uh, I just realized when I was mm. doing the training how much I loved it how much I loved also sharing. And uh, I started teaching very soon after that. And things were shifting in my recovery so fast. And, and I was getting, getting a foundation that um, didn't exist prior to, mm. prior to yoga. So it was definitely a sort of a blessing in disguise to to that moved you towards what you're doing today and yeah i actually absolutely. want to ask you because um when we think about eating disorders we think that the the root issue is the not mm. eating or not wanting to eat but it's just a symptom of something else so when you started mm. working with these layers what how what did the eating disorder mean to you? Like, what, what, what was the root? Yeah, um, what mm. you're saying is so valid that we think that it's about 
eating, like we think that it's about not eating or or about eating or how we eat and how we relate to food. And that's really a, a surface level symptom of it. And it's so important to dig deeper down, of course, accept what whatever cycle it is that one is caught up in, um, acknowledging and facing the problems, but then starting to uproot these underlying feelings that have not been met for some reason. And for me, it was, it was a lot of fear, really, and, and being afraid of the emotions. Like, I was so afraid of fear itself. Like, that was one of, one of the things, really, that was, um, yeah, putting, mm. putting all sorts of imbalances in my, in my mind and energetically as well. So, yeah, having, like, an illusion of control, something that controls or like trying to control the emotions and like all, all these things. So, so on an emotional aspect, I think that's, that's where a lot of it comes in. And, and that's why also yoga so beautifully can help because mm -hmm. of we need to feel our feelings in order to heal them in any other way by just suppressing it down it, from my understanding, it just moves into the subconscious mind from where it then directs our attitudes, our moods, our self-image, our reaction to life. And it's not really living because we're just like pushing down all of these things. So really this uprooting can be such a raw process, but it's also a really beautiful way to, to move through life because we can live fully but we might need to uproot some of the stuff and tune into our needs on a deeper level so yoga definitely has helped with that because of how through the practice working with the body and and with pranayama and breathing it's like peeling off layers going deeper inside reiki has also been another aspect that has helped me a lot um in personal development and and on the journey that that I continue to be on and and share with others uh, as that also in an energetic way really brings up stuff to the surface so that we have this opportunity to kind of clear through it and not just analyze things on a mental level and categorize and point out the problems this was this and that that's because of that um, I spent a lot of time trying to do that and, and point the fingers and find reasons and all these sorts of things. And that just never really helped too much for me. So really, yeah, about, about feeling mm -hmm. to heal. Yeah. It's so such a beautiful perspective. Thank you. And mm. I'm just wondering also how, mm, yeah. Um, how is, the connection, because I'm thinking a lot about the practice of self-love too, and how that's connected with this. What have you seen on your path and journey? Mm. Yeah. yeah, for for me, what I I decided when I started to practice or like have this. Um, yeah have a, have a practice on a mat 
I made this commitment to myself and a promise to myself mm. that the eating disorder was not allowed on the mat. So from this, this root or, or foundation of yoga known as ahimsa, nonviolence, as that being such a big part of yoga, non-harm, which was, you know, not how I was living my life or what I had been living my life by up until then. But I decided to just give this an honest chance, really, and that the eating disorder was not allowed on the mat. It wasn't allowed to interfere with my practice, that that was my free zone. And that started to, to cultivate something that when I look back at it now, I can possibly see that it's seeds of self-love that were starting to, yeah, to be sown somehow or, and to sprout over time. And the, the things that were cultivated on the mat, like being able to take a step back, see that rising and falling of an emotion when it comes, not attaching so much to the stuff, not being hard on myself, not pushing myself, all these things started to have an effect as to what was happening also the other time, the other time of the day that I wasn't on my mat. So that's kind of how that self-love trickled out um, into the other aspects of, mm. of life, being, being kinder towards oneself as, as self-love really isn't something that exists, I think, when somebody is in a cycle yes. of uh, disordered eating. Yeah. I mean, it's Definitely. there, but it's very, Thank you for very buried. That. And when you started working with others um, with, with the same type of experience that you had, uh, did you see any, because sometimes we can walk our own, path of healing but then another person's path of healing is completely different how have you experienced that on your journey as being a teacher and guiding others through that yeah i think uh, there are ways in how we can relate to to whatever somebody else is going on like if we have in a deeper level related to our own selves and our own journeys then we're also able to relate to and see and understand mm -hmm. and hear out another person more clearly because of our own experiences and what i've found within the yoga community and people who look to yoga is that there definitely is an element mm -hmm. of um, quite a lot of, of eating disorders. And obviously, it's not just in, in the community of people who practice yoga, but of course, in general, that's mm -hmm. sadly um, what we see in our culture and in our society. And I think that um, sadly, even, you know, there are parts of quote-unquote the yoga community and things that we might consider as yogic or being very pure or living very clean and all these things that also can trigger 
um, an eating disorder or even, you know, worsen the the health of somebody through yeah. these things that we think that we should be doing. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Uh, so I think that, you know, there's, there's all sorts out there and you just need to be able to, to feel into what is actually going to lead me in, in this direction or in that direction. And, and yeah, there are all sorts of, um, of course, ideas and deep value in so much of the yogic teachings, but a lot of it has to kind of uh, become a little bit more surface level. So even speaking about yoga, many people might just uh, link that to asana and think that that's what we do with our bodies and that's the physical practice, whereas yoga is so, so much more. And the same thing with, with Ayurveda, which is this sister science of yoga. Mm -hmm. When people think of that, we possibly just think of recipes and it's to do with food. So we have this like surface level idea of, of these practices that has so much more to offer. And of course we need to move through the physical to be able to move deeper down. That's my, my understanding of it and how I work. Like we use the physical body to move deeper into that energetical body, the emotional body. But yeah, there, there could be that danger kind of in getting caught up in that, that surface level of it. So if you see that as the, the doorway, so to say, you can see asana or yoga postures or, or food in Ayurveda mm -hmm. as the, the doorway. Do you want to stay in that doorway or do you want to take actually that step to, to go in and see what else there is inside? And that's something that when I look at um, my students, my clients, those who have taken that deeper step into, um, into what can be mm. offered through these ancient and valuable practices, yeah. a Definitely. lot of healing can happen. And I'm also thinking that most people yeah. associate eating disorder with one type of behavior or this is someone that there's so many different maybe you can tap into that like what have you worked with there's so yeah. many different uh, disorders or discomforts around the food food and eating habits that we have that is not to maybe totally uh, relaxed and aligned with our mm -hmm. body like how can it look because I think a lot of people might have a, a certain type of relationship with it without realizing it and thinking because society has built up a way uh, especially for women mm -hmm. how it should look when you're eating what you should be eating so it becomes normalized and we think that okay this is how everyone does it and we see it on social media and yeah just in general and and it's uh in in truth it's not something that serves our body so maybe you can share your experience with that yeah definitely um there's there's a lot of ideas on how we should be eating and and even then how an eating disorder looks uh and what i have um, seen is a lot of what you're pointing out as in 
that disordered eating can look so many different ways. And I've had many conversations with people when they've never shared before to somebody about them having a problem of some kind or even being in conversation with somebody and them coming to this like a hard realization of this is not normal or this is actually mm -hmm. ruling my life in a way that doesn't serve me at all and that it has been going on for years, maybe even decades. And yeah, there isn't, you know, any, mm -hmm. any specific couple of things that I would say an eating disorder is this and this and this. But like if there is not freedom around, around food or a relaxed, you know, approach to, to food and living in life and oneself and one's body and all these things, then there is some kind of an element of, mm. of that something might, you know, need to be looked at inside of where does this come from? And, and there's so much of, of society of how we're told to, to be, to look, to eat, to not eat and all these things. And it's like with these, layers of what we're supposed to do or what we think we're supposed to do and not do and looking outside for these answers mm -hmm. we've kind of lost touch with what it is that we would really need and even what our, our intuition is is saying to us we've numbed that down and yeah no matter if somebody has what might be uh, I don't want to use the word mild, but I can't think of anything better right now, like some lesser version of an eating disorder, or if it's um, more, you know, extreme, as in that is 24-7 how you live your life, um, then there are definitely, from, from what I've seen, um, a lot can be worked with. It's not about working against the issues or the problems, but, but through that acceptance, starting to, to feel, having, yeah, that, that possibility to start to tap back into, into one's intuition to move more freely and easily through life, mm. connect with what is really important and it can look so many different ways having mm. some yeah. kind of disordered and thank you yeah, eating I'm thinking about um, yeah just how how yeah. important it is to do these things as you said listen to your intuition listen to your body becoming grounded in your body not being in your head mm. all the time and with these thoughts and beliefs that are not your own and, or at least being with them and, and just realizing that they have just been placed there and that that's one of that's also on your path to realize that you're so much greater than that and you can use your mind and thoughts in a positive way as well I think that's very important and for me it's like all of these things are also mm. help this is the 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 foundation of this is tapping into our divine feminine again, because the, 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 the masculine, the wounded masculine has yeah. put these uh, boundaries and rules and, and structures on top of us that are not ours. And it has suppressed the, 
the the feminine essence which is intuitive and receptive and nurturing the the nurturing of oneself and and our body as a vessel of life and i think mm. that's really also a core thing to see that when we've suppressed our uh, like our feminine which is not a gender but it's it's the yin in in the yin and yang it's then the deeper work becomes that yeah. as well to recognize that and to honor that and to realize that there needs to be a balance of both things. Yeah. So, but I'm really interested also in. Absolutely. Because you are now you're, yeah. I want you to, to share about your programs and your teacher trainings and because this, you have a huge foundation that you're working with and just tell us more about that as well. Yeah. From what you just said, I, I love the way you, you put all of that and, and tapping into the feminine, which obviously isn't a, um, a gender, but seeing as well that most of the mm. the people who are having disordered eating, unfortunately, it's also more and more men now, but it is more so in, in women that we see it. Um, and what I have actually pretty recently developed is a online course called Seasons Awakening. And this course is a lot about raising that mm. awareness of being a, a cyclical being basically being female and how we move through shifts within a month as in like living in a very masculine dominant world which here again it's not necessarily the gender but it's this like linear way of, of thinking and moving and and working with you know an outcome rather than the process and the journey being more intellectual versus feeling and all these things. Um, it's, it's something that I've been working with a lot in my own self practice. It does relate to menstruation as well. This cycle, the moon cycle that we as women go through in a month and actually so much more than that. It brings in aspects of, of Ayurveda and yoga into this, uh, this online program that I've, I've created as uh, really a way to tap into into the feminine, to balance hormones, to tune into this. What is it that I really need? Uh, all these things and and how the inner shifts are constantly happening yeah. and how we can be attuned with ourselves. Uh, so that's one of the things that actually uh, I work a lot with myself and that I now have mm. uh, developed as well as an online course. Which I'm super happy about. Um, and also in these times working more online, I'm doing a yoga teacher training online as well that starts in January. And another thing that I'm really excited about is how this is an accessible way for people to still learn about these valuable teachings um, in times like this when we necessarily can't travel here and there to do these kinds of things, but we can do it from our home. We can do it in a time that uh, serves us as in taking as long as one needs to within six months, basically, but doing it at one's own pace and time. 
And I really value anyways being in connection with with my my students and and not having it be, you know, something that people do just by themselves and that's that. But but corresponding and connecting, I think, is really, really important and valuable. So that's something that I highlight a lot, whether people are doing online programs here and there or coming especially then on to teacher training then there's definitely a lot of it's beautiful um, and what, in what contact happening that, uh, because all teacher trainings are unique in their way like what is what is your like essence like who is this for yeah so this would be for somebody who is interested in moving deeper than than asana really of course we see that as a as such a big part of of practice and there is a lot of emphasis still on on the physical as that's what we're working with that's that's our our vessel or our temple in this life so there is an importance in understanding the physicality of it But really, uh, my aim is to dig deeper. I add a lot of knowledge of Ayurveda into this this training and also emphasize the aspects of self-healing, like how we can tune into our intuition, what it is that we really need so that our practice is actually bringing us further towards where we want to go, further towards being in connection with our true selves with our higher selves so that we can show up as the best versions of ourselves versus possibly practicing in a way that brings us more into imbalance. Um, but actually, how do we become empowered on this path? And that's something that I underline a lot. So it's important for for us our, ourselves to, to practice and and embody the teachings in order to be able to share them from our hearts. And that's something that is um, something that I, I live by and I, I want to teach by, practice by, share by. So embodying it, getting it, yeah, like really getting it, not just mentally, but it, it becomes an imprint within you so that you from an authentic place then can share it. And that's when it's organic. That's when it flows. So I want to really give people not just a certificate, but the confidence to take steps uh, towards where they need to go, want to go in their lives, whether that is to become a yoga teacher or whether it is on their path of self-healing somehow or you know, for, for whatever reason that one might want to, to engage in such a... A process. That sounds so amazing. Um, Thank you for sharing. Building confidence, being empowered on the way. And the beautiful work that you've done. I'm so grateful that you uh, took your time today to share. I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to share before we close the call. Yeah. Wow, I think it's mm-hmm. it's opening up to having so much to talk about on this <laughs> on this uh you know theme for sure and uh I'm just really grateful that you invited me to speak here today. I'm grateful to anybody and everybody who's been listening and uh yeah, just 
important topics to speak about to thank to lift so up and, and how can people get yeah, in so touch thank you, with Shireen, you so I much mean, thank you for the work that you're doing read more about you and the program like how can they find you So I think mm-hmm. the easiest way might be Instagram. Uh, you can find me there on Amanda's Yoga. And definitely reach out to me on Instagram. That's that's easy. Um, or you can also go to um, my website, which I have with my partner. We're a yoga school called Almacharya. Mm-hmm. Alma means soul in um, Spanish. Mm-hmm. And Charya means to follow in Sanskrit. So it it basically means to follow your soul. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this episode resonated with you. And if you have any questions or want to connect with Amanda, ask her about the yoga teacher training that is online. She also has online courses. You can connect with her from the links in the show notes. I think her, her point of view is amazing when it comes to yoga she's an amazing teacher um, so i think you should check her out and thank you so much for listening today i really appreciate your presence let's take a deep breath in together in through the nose and exhale out through the mouth and namaste